Hi, Scott and John here. Yeah, folks, the world is fast approaching the end game, and we are trying to expose the upcoming deception before time runs out. We want to make this a full-time goal, and we need your support to fight the satanic global elite. So here's how you can help. Subscribe to the new Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast to listen to every episode ad-free. Plus, get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to a new community forum. Sure. So just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com or you can click the uh, link in the show notes to get started today. Thanks again. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. You're listening to Episode 72, Agenda 2030, Part 2. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? Are you ready to take the red pill? And now, here are your hosts, Scott and Zena. Hello, welcome back to Bible Mysteries Podcast, the show that talks about the things in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. I'm Scott Mitchell. And I'm Zena. And are you ready to swallow your red pill? I hope they are, because we were kind of tackling a pretty big pill last week, Zena. Yeah, we yeah. were. 2030. Yeah, Agenda 2030. This is going to be part two, but we were just getting into the meat of it when we started running out of time. Uh, but we're starting to see that this seemingly good, utopian desire to have everything really nice uh, has probably a sinister intent to it. Yes. So tonight, we're going to continue that series, and we're going to look at two potentialities, one that has to do with the financial aspect behind it, and then the other with the ultimate goal of what they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. So we're, we are very suspicious that this is something that is um, being manipulated, as we said last week, for the purposes of setting the stage for the Antichrist. Yes. So we've talked in the past about the satanic global elite. Uh, we've talked about the fact that there's people that are rich and then there's people that are really rich. And they, when you have so much money, nothing could be withheld from you. Yeah. You could buy anything you wanted. Then what's left to want? You know, power. Power, that's right. So those that want power basically want control over other people. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what you're looking at with a lot of the so-called corporate oligarchs today. I could name names, but the... I call them the satanic global elite because that's really what they are. And I think the Bible talked about them because ultimately it's their love for money that's going to bring about their desire for power and control. Yeah. And the Bible warned about that in 1 Timothy chapter 6. So we'll just dive right in there uh, in verse 9 where the Apostle Paul wrote, But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Now, destruction and perdition are interesting terms. Because, hey, I I want to make more money. Yeah. You know, we, we would like to pay off our bills. We'd like to upgrade our homes, maybe in some cases, our car, you know. We want to be more comfortable. It's not always fun thinking about living paycheck to paycheck. Yes. Right? So nothing wrong with wanting to better ourselves. But having so much money that it drowns you in destruction and perdition. Yeah. You know, and the word perdition is the very name of the Antichrist, the son of perdition. Mm -hmm. So it seems like there's a point at which you've got so much money and so much power you're aligning yourself with Satan and the Antichrist. It's beyond just 
you know, oh, I'm, I'm a guy because I struck it rich with a great idea. Yeah. You know, uh, and he says in verse 10, for the love of money is the root of all evil, from which while some coveted after they've erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So even believers can be caught up in that game. But the love of money being the root of all evil, when you think about it, what's the first evil? What's the root of evil? You know, who, who committed the first sin? Satan. Satan did. You're yeah. right. So if it was the love of money that motivated him, you have to think what need did he have for money? Yeah, I don't I don't see money being his motive because back then there wasn't a currency. Or was there? See, that's the way we would normally think. I, yeah. I would have thought the exact same thing. But when we read his picture in the type of the book of Ezekiel about the king of Tyrus, and he's a cherub, mm-hmm. he's the anointed cherub there, but it says he trafficked in merchandise. So there were civilizations, there were nations of angels on this planet. Really? And they had commerce. Okay. Yeah, they did. And evidently it was designed, you know, angels would have been created with similar faculties as men. Uh, we know they war, they can fight, we know they can talk, mm-hmm. uh, we know they can communicate, and we know they can eat because they sat down and ate with Abraham, right? Uh, so I would imagine they were very similar in their civilization, and perhaps human civilization was patterned off of theirs. Okay. So that they, you know, people say, well, there were civilizations that go back 10, 20,000 years, and yet in the Bible, man's only been around for 6,000 years. Well, man has. But could the earth be much older than that with civilizations that predate mankind? Well, didn't God get rid of the earth? Like he destroyed it and then he rebuilt it again? That's that's what I believe in Genesis chapter 1 because we see he created it in verse 1. Mm-hmm. And then the next verse, it's without form and void, covered in water and darkness. Yeah. Well, why would there need to be any darkness with God if his way is perfect? Mm-hmm. So I would say it was wrath. Okay. His divine judgment was poured out on that world which would have been a world of angels. Mm-hmm. And something in that civilization caused Lucifer to covet money, wealth, power, and he wanted to be like God. Okay. So that we come really full circle when you think about it to what the satanic global elite is up to. And I believe one of the things they're up to, tied into this coming antichrist global government, is Agenda 2030. So what's behind it is the love of money. And these are super wealthy people, okay, that want to control you and yeah. bring you all the things. We're the kindly benefactors, you know. We want everything good for you. They polish it up like, mm-hmm. like it's a big thing, a good thing. But in reality, it's not. James, in the book of James of the New Testament, wrote these words about rich men. And again, don't think about, <clears throat> okay, we live near San Antonio. The rich people's neighborhood is the Dominion. Oh, my Lantas, yeah. <laughs> that that nice. is like the bougie, like you have to know anyone to get, you have to like know anyone and everyone to get in there. It's like there's a guard at one gate and then oh, you have yeah. to drive through another gate and then another, and then the higher, the further you go back, yeah. the more gates and the more, you right. know, you have to know those people. So. so what if somebody was rich enough to buy and sell them 10 times over? Well, you have to have a lot of money. Can you money. imagine how much that would be? That's, That's like where the Spurs players live. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they're making millions. Yeah. But what if somebody's making billions, right? And so many billions, they could buy Donald Trump. 
who was worth something like nine billion or whatever, four billion or something. Yeah, yeah. or by like Jeff Bezos yeah. or Elon Musk. I exactly. mean, Oprah. In other words, these guys could buy them, control them, and do. I feel like the only people that could do that, if we're like speaking of people wise, would be the. Oh gosh. They start with an R. Is it the... Rothschilds. Yes, yeah. because they own banks. Like Yes. Like, they're probably the only people that can you're right. buy anyone. Now you're talking about the kind of money we're dealing with. Here, yeah. That can control nations. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, gosh. Which is why Soros can do things. Yeah. Know? And he's probably controlled by the Rothschilds. Mm-hmm. Right? So James wrote about these kind of rich people. And he says in verse 1 of James 5, Go to now, ye rich men. Weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. So what are their misery? What are they heaping to themselves? Well, they're aligning themselves with Satan. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered, and the rust of them shall be a witness against you and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. You've heaped treasure together for the last days. Behold, the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields which is of you kept back by fraud, crieth. Now, that's a complicated way to say you cheated your workers. You robbed them of their wages. You didn't give them what they deserve. Yeah. You, know, you manipulate. These people get where they are climbing on the backs of others and Very oppressing true. others. He says, um, uh, and the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabbath. You've lived in pleasure on the earth and been wanton, reckless, careless. You've nourished your hearts as in a day of slaughter. You've condemned and killed the just, and he doth not resist you. So these are people that are, they don't care who they step on. They don't care who they kill or hurt to get where they want. And then finally, he says, be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. And so notice there's a connection between the, the miseries of these rich men and the coming of the Lord. We're not just talking about any rich guy in history, although there have been rich people throughout history that have oppressed others. Yeah. But these are going to be the final oppressors here. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth. Husbandman is like an old term for a farmer. Okay. Waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receiveth the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient, stabilize your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. So we already saw in Psalm 2 last week how the kings of the earth, God's going to laugh at them and have them in derision. Well, that's the weeping and howling they're going to be doing. He'll be laughing. They'll be weeping and howling because of their oppressive things. Christ found men doing this in his time. You know, so it's nothing new. It's just going to reach its height in the time of the Antichrist that's coming. Mm -hmm. And we're going to see that right now, it looks like they are now capable of actually controlling all the wealth of the earth, almost as it might have been in the time of the Roman Empire when they controlled almost all the earth, you know, and the world was in darkness. Their uh, artificial intelligence um, uh, is enabling... One of the reasons why these trillionaires got so rich and $8 trillion richer is uh, because um, artificial intelligence has enabled them for the first time in history to transfer the majority of the wealth of the planet from the, the majority of people to the 1%. And once they control it, 
they control the property. Yeah. If you control the money, you control the property because you can dictate what people can do with their property. See? So that ties into what's happening with Agenda 2030. So we'll turn to the book of Ezekiel chapter 22, and we're going to start reading in verse 23. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto her, and he's talking to Israel, talking mm-hmm. to Jerusalem. But remember, she's going to be Mystery Babylon. Yeah. She'll be the city of the financial center of the world during the time of the Antichrist. Something's going to happen to make Jerusalem be the head of the nation somehow, because it's going to be where the seat of his government is. So Son of Man said unto her, Thou art the land that is not cleansed, nor reigned upon in the day of indignation. There is a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof, like a roaring lion ravening the prey. They have devoured souls. They've taken the treasure and precious things. They've made her many widows in the midst thereof because they've murdered so many. Her priests have violated my law and have profaned mine holy things. They put no difference between the holy and the profane. Neither have they showed difference between the unclean and the clean and have hid their eyes from my Sabbaths. And I am profaned among them. Her princes in the midst thereof are like wolves ravening the prey. You know what they say about wolves in sheep's clothing, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, To get, uh, to shed blood and to destroy souls, to get dishonest gain, which is uh, illegal profits. And her prophets have daubed them with untempered mortar, seeing vanity and divining lies unto them, saying, Thus saith the Lord God, when the Lord hath not spoken, the people of the land have used oppression and exercised robbery and have vexed the poor and needy. Yea, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully. Now, powerful, rich people have always done this. Not everybody who is rich, just the ones who want more. Yeah. The ones who can never be satisfied. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Now, this was prophetically fulfilled in Israel, but it's going to be prophetically fulfilled again. Everything is what was done will be, right? Mm -hmm. Therefore, if I poured out mine indignation upon them, I've consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. So when we talk about the rich, we're talking about the ones that oppress the poor, that kill, that harm the needy, that injure. If you made a better mousetrap and you became a millionaire because of it, and you did good because of it, like you, you know, you, it's still your money. You made the profit. You took the risk. You built the company, but you buy a house in the dominion, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because you've earned it and you've worked hard to get there. You might also turn around and use that money for good. You, you might uh, give to a, a charity. You might fund an organization that does good for people. You might do any number of things. A lot like some of the Spurs players do. You know, they make a lot of money, but they give back a lot yeah. to the community. Well, that's that's a different thing than oppression of the poor and vexing the needy. You know, you can see there's a difference. There's a whole heart mindset mm-hmm. that's different from there. Let's go to Psalm 72. <clears throat> These are not good rich people. You know, these are bad rich no. people. And they have an ulterior motive that's not good. In the 72nd Psalm, verse 4, it says of God, He shall judge the poor of the people. He shall save the children of the needy and shall break in pieces the oppressor. And so these are people that are oppressing the satanic global elite, but there's one particular guy that is in charge of them, and he's called the oppressor. Mm -hmm. It's that Assyrian. Yeah. It's the same guy. It's the Antichrist. 
And so ultimately they join league with him. Uh, we're going to look at the year again for Agenda 2030 shortly, and we're going to see how a possible scenario could work out. No way we can prove it, but I'm going to throw this out for your consideration. But before we do that, I want you to know that there's going to be a point at which, as they strive for this agenda, power is going to be consolidated in the handful. Mm-hmm. Ten kings in particular. They're going to turn and give their power and authority to the beast, the Antichrist. And that's when he turns to actually literally fight against God yeah, and defy him. Uh, but what's coming is they're going to get their due for having aligned themselves with the dragon, with the serpent or the Antichrist. It really, if you think of it, Satan is the serpent and the Antichrist is his seed, mm-hmm. is his son. So Isaiah 24, verse 19 this is just a sample of what's coming. By the way, people that worry about um, global warming, yeah, you don't need to worry. Because you could pass all the legislation in the world to make the air one degree cooler, or the whole climate temperature. And, and it, you won't, but they, they think they can. And really, that's another part of the agenda, to convince people that if we don't stop global warming, you know, we're all going to die. So yeah. join us to bring about these changes thinking, oh, it's good, we want to keep the planet to survive, but really what they're doing is gaining your control. Mm -hmm. So he says in verse 19, the earth is utterly broken down, the earth is clean dissolved, the earth is moved exceedingly, the earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard and shall be removed like a cottage. Now, if the earth reels to and fro like a drunkard, have you ever seen a drunk guy try to walk? It's quite hilarious. (laughs) I mean, it's, it shouldn't be funny, but it is funny. <laughs> I once was on a cruise with my wife's, uh, our first year anniversary. She actually worked on the cruise. And, you know, people drink yeah. on cruises. So we were actually walking up the curved stairway of the main foyer or whatever they mm-hmm. call it, like the grand ballroom. And this drunk guy was coming down the stairs. All and you could see him staggering. And at one point, he tripped, and he fell headlong, and Zena, as God is my witness, he landed right on his head. His body, full weight of his body, crashed down. And I thought, oh my God, he just broke his neck. Yeah. And he somersaulted down, landed at the end of the stairs, and got up and stumbled onto the bar. You know what's the craziest thing? When you were drunk, you were less likely to break. Oh, okay. I shouldn't say less likely to break things, but it's kind of harder for you to break things because your body is so loosey-goosey and you're not stiff. So I'm not surprised that he didn't break his neck because he's all loosey-goosey and he didn't like tense up as he fell down. He just kind of fell down very like... I don't doubt that is absolutely true. I think him being drunk probably saved his life. Yes, for sure. Not encouraging people. Yeah, don't do that. I'm just saying (laughs) that I've seen a drunkard reel to and fro. Yeah. And he literally just went head over heels. And I think that's the world, the earth being described by the Lord is what's going to happen. So can you imagine? Right now, you know, the, the axis of the planet is like an imaginary rod that goes through the middle. Yeah. As if you could take a pole and shove it through a ball Mm -hmm. and let the ball spin on the pole. Well, the axis of the earth is not straight. It's tilted. It is said that it might have been straight at one point, 
but it tilted over time, probably because of the flood of Noah. Yeah. Right? So what if, if God could tilt it a little in the past, he could tilt it all the way around. Mm-hmm. What if North became South Pole? Real to and fro. Like, it says the world should be turned upside down. And we're worried oh. about one degree temperature rise. Okay. That would cause devastating tsunamis mm-hmm. and earthquakes and entire coastal areas being flooded yeah. instantly. You know, it would be horrible. So, and it will be, it's going to happen. So you can do all you want to do and pass all the laws you think you need to pass for global warming. This is going to cause more devastation than we can even comprehend. Yeah. Thing, right. But he says, it shall fall and not rise again, uh, the earth. And it shall come to pass in that day, verse 21, that the Lord shall punish the host of the high ones that are on high and the kings of the earth upon the earth. And I've asked you this before. You might remember the word host. you know what that means? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, we were talking about it because like how leeches are, how they need like a host to like right. attach on to you. Right. Like a parasite. Yes. Okay. And that's one meaning. And there's another. Oh gosh, you told me the other meaning. And we did. We talked about this and you got that part right. The other part was an army. Oh yes. Yeah. I took. I totally forgot about that. The host is an army. Yeah. Well, because whoever says that? No one says, I'm going to host an army. You hear military? Yeah. You, you never think of an army as a host. You think of, oh, she's my host. Yeah. She's having a party. Or, you know, like the, the host of the, the leeches, like you're talking about. Yeah. But this is an army. If I read it that way, it would be, and it shall come to pass on that day that the Lord shall punish the armies of the high ones on the earth that are on high and the kings of the earth upon the earth. We're talking about these rulers, yeah, the satanic global elite and their agenda. And they shall be gathered together as prisoners are gathered in the pit and shall be shut up in the prison. And after many days shall they be visited. It's a thousand years is what it is. Uh, they'll be in the bottomless pit. Then the moon shall be confounded and the sun ashamed when the Lord of hosts, his armies, yeah, the Lord of hosts shall reign in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem and before his ancients gloriously. Who are God's ancients? You ever wonder about that? Do you think it's the 40-ish men that are up in heaven? Yeah, the, the, the four and 20 elders? Yes. Yeah, the 24 elders, it could be them. And it could be whoever else might be an ancient man like Abraham or Noah maybe. Or what if it's even older than that? What if it's the sons of God? The angels. Whoa. That's really old. Our really old brothers. Yeah. Right? Okay. So he's going to reign before them, and he's going to punish the kings of the earth. So these people with this agenda, they think they're getting away with something. It's it's all deception uh, because they're setting the stage for the coming of this man called the son of perdition, this antichrist. Hi, we hope you're enjoying the podcast, but I want to take a moment to remind you of something very important. There are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. And the world is fast approaching the end game, and we want to expose the coming deception before time runs out. Freedom of speech is under attack, and evil elements within governments and multinational corporations are trying to prevent you from learning the truth. Scott and I are being censored by social media platforms as we speak. This is true, so you can help us use the satanic global elite's own tools against them. Subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast so the controlled media can't shut us down. We can use our own platforms to help expose them and keep you informed. But to do that, we need your support. Help us to go full-time with Bible Mysteries. 
Just $7 a month gives you every current episode ad-free without these annoying appeals. You also get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to the community forum where we answer your questions. Just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to help us stop the assault on Christianity and free speech. And don't forget, you can always donate any amount to support us at utbnow.com. These gifts are tax deductible. Thanks again, and here's the show. And just for the reference, for those that may not know, we're going to go to 2 Thessalonians in the New Testament, chapter 2, to see him and his being exposed. So it's talking about when the Lord comes back. Mm -hmm. Paul is, the apostle. And he says, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, the return of Jesus, shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Same word that he used when talking about the rich men drowned in destruction and perdition. He's the son of perdition, love of money, root of all evil. Yes. It always ties in. Uh, He opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshiped so that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So he's using Agenda 2030 and whatever other mechanism there is to get to the point where he can take over and he can become the Assyrian Mm -hmm. and the Nimrod and the whatever to control the whole world, call himself God, force the world to take his mark. And it seems like we're getting closer to that all the time with all these mandated things going on and digital currency with control. They're already, uh, in some countries, you can't walk into this store, you can't buy groceries without this proof that you're clean, you know, or whatever. So uh, it's a means test for what's coming. Now, that's the financial side of things. It's all a guise or a, or, or a deception to get us to say, yeah, I want clean air, clean water. I want, uh, you know, babies protected. I want uh, to not have to worry about war and thing and have to have enough food to eat and everything else. Yeah. So I'll give my property over to this group of benevolent overlords. Not going to happen. Only have my best interest at heart. (laughs) Let's go for Agenda 2030. George Soros and Klaus Schwab, they're just great men who love me and want the best for me, right? Well, it's not going to happen. They don't even know you. They don't even know you. (laughs) And ultimately, they're atheistic people. They don't believe in God. Yeah. They probably worship Satan if they worship anything. Uh, Or they're part of a, a cabal of individuals that are tied to that. And what they are being manipulated if they're not in on it, if they're being used uh, by the devil himself, is to get control of the planet because he's limited. Even when God said, you can attack Job, you can attack his family, and then he said, you can attack his body, but don't kill him. He was limited because the angels don't have the title deed to this planet. Mm -hmm. We do. Yeah. Right? Psalm 115, just to give people the scriptural evidence for that. Verse 16. The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's, but the earth hath he given to the children of men. God created man for the earth, Mm -hmm. not the earth for man. Yes. It might have been created originally for the angels to inhabit, but we know something happened. Mm -hmm. And we just discussed that flood. 
right, in Genesis 1, verse 2. So God made man to have dominion of the earth, and he gave it to us. Nothing can violate that law. It's like a law of physics or gravity or something. So Satan can't just come in here and take over. If he could, he'd just kill all humanity. Very true. So he, he operates through his human proxies, whether it's the satanic global elite or just the, the local criminal that commits a murder mm -hmm. for whatever purpose he has, you know. Demons control and manipulate people. Satan can do it too. But what he's ultimately trying to do is to get enough wealth transferred into the hands of the few that ultimately do worship him. So they will surrender their property to him because ultimately he wants to be able to lay claim to the earth. In order for him to stand up and say, I'm God, he's going to do what Jesus Christ has already been promised he, he will be given. Yeah. Kingdom of the earth, you know, all the earth. If we go to Isaiah chapter 9. Do you think that um, the Antichrist dying and coming back will make people want to give up their land? Do you think that'll be kind of what they do to get people to give up their land? I think they're already going to... Actually, that's a great thought because I think that's the final stage of it. Like if Agenda 2030 is a real deal, what, what I think it is, then they're working hard towards getting it to where you don't own anything and you'll be happy. So that if another individual comes along, that part's already been done. If Antichrist shows up and the world worships him, it's going to be because we're past that point. Okay. They've already surrendered the title. He's now coming to claim it. So I think Agenda 2030 and the Satanic Global Elite are probably setting the stage for him to come, and they'll have gotten that part done. We will have relinquished our authority over our own property. We no longer have any rights or claim to be have any rights. And remember, it's not going to happen until the church is taken out of this world in the rapture. So those that are remaining here are going to be so deceived because there's no more gospel being preached for, for grace anymore. Mm -hmm. It's going to be plunging right into that seven years. And it's called the seven years of tribulation. And that number is going to be significant here in just a moment when we tie it into the year 2030. Yeah, I was going to say in the our last episode, <laughs> do you think like we are in the seven years because of 2030 coming up in seven years? I don't think we're in the seven years yet, but I'll tell you why I think 2030, and I'm going to get to that here shortly, might be the middle of the seven years. Okay. Which means, and if, if I'm correct, and I'll give some scripture in a moment to, to tell people why I'm theorizing about this. It's just pure speculation, okay? But uh, if it's the middle of the seven years, then that means it begins three and a half years before 2030. Okay. Which would be 2027. Oh, great. Yeah. So that means five years away, right? Yeah, five years away. <laughs> Beautiful. I'll be in school. <laughs> and I don't think anybody should stop what they're doing and yeah. to move forward to. Because if I knew the rapture was going to happen tomorrow, I would just keep doing what I'm doing mm -hmm. until it happens. Yeah. Uh, but um, we don't know the hour or the day. So uh, Isaiah chapter 9, real quick, and I'll get to, I'll wrap this up for people. Verse 2, uh, it says... Um, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Now, this is a prophecy of Jesus Christ coming. He's the light in the darkness. So he comes in a time of great darkness. When he, his first advent, when he was born, the world was in darkness to Satan through the Roman Empire. When he comes back, 
the world will be in darkness through Satan, and the Roman Empire. It really is the Roman Empire still. It's just in mystery form. But keep continuing on. Um, Thou hast multiplied the nation, talking about Israel, and uh, not increased the joy. They joy before thee according to the joy in harvest, and as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For thou hast broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor as in the day of Midian. For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and garments rolled in blood, but this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So it's funny to me that wedged in between two scriptures of Jesus, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and he's Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. And before that, where it says the people walked in darkness have seen a great light, which was actually fulfilled at his birth. In between that, he talks about the yoke of the oppressor. And the oppressor was just as much in, as real in Herod, the king, in the day that Jesus was born, yeah. as he will be in the body of the Antichrist when mm -hmm. Jesus comes back. So that's what ties it all in together. Now, many times we've talked about the passage in Luke chapter 4 where the devil tempted Jesus and said, if you worship me, all will be yours. And remember, we talked about how he said, all this power will I give thee and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me. Now, did God deliver the power of the nations to Satan, or did men give him that? Men. Men gave him. And how do we know that? Because God gave the earth to men. the children of men, right? So he didn't give it to Satan. Satan was able to make that statement to Jesus because men relinquished their authority mm -hmm. through the Roman Empire because they worshipped him. They worshipped the sun god and things like that. So what's happening is there are men who worship Satan, whether they know it or not. They're aligned with him whether they know it or not. Usually they know it when they have a lot of money, this kind of power. John chapter 8 are some men that did that. They, they were definitely powerful men, but they weren't the super rich billionaires. You know, they yeah. were the Jewish Sanhedrin or whatever that Jesus was arguing with at that time. But in John 8 verse 31, then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And you've probably heard that verse before. Mm -hmm. The truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son, S-O-N, abideth forever. If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. So he's, he's speaking to people that believe on him. Make sure I read that right. Yeah, they, they, uh, then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, the truth shall make you free. Jews that don't believe on him said, we're Abraham's children. We were never in bondage to any man. They don't even see that they're not free. Yeah. Right? And so he's arguing with them. All right, and he's saying um, about the being the servant of sin, and without coming right out and saying it, he's saying you're servants to sin. Yeah, and he's talking to religious leaders, so they were like the upper echelon. 
And he says, uh, I know that you're Abraham's seed. Genetically speaking, they were Jews. But you seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I've seen with my father. And his father is capital F. It's God the Father. You do that which you've seen with your father, implying their father's different than his father. Mm -hmm. And it's a little f. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that has told you the truth, which I've heard of God. This did not Abraham. Abraham never sought to kill anybody that told the truth. Yeah. You do the deeds of your father. And that's twice he said, you have a different father. Then said they to him, we be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. And Jesus said unto them, if God were your father, you would love me. Because he is God. Yeah. You know? For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word. You are of your father, the devil. Mm -hmm. and the lusts of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. wonder who he killed first. Yeah. And abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. The father of the Antichrist, yeah. what he really means. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you convinceth me of sin? And that's like saying... What charge can you lay against me? Yeah. All right? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because you are not of God. Wow. Jesus said this to the religious leaders of Israel at that time. I want to know who Satan murdered. Yeah. Well, we know he caused Cain to kill Abel. Mm -hmm. So he could have been referring to that. But I wonder if he killed something before. Before yes, we, you know. that should be a podcast episode. Yeah, maybe we'll have to dig into that, though. So to wrap this all up, we know that there's men that are of their father, the devil. Yes. They've been around for 2,000 years. Mm -hmm. They're the satanic global elite, whether they know it or not, whether they admit it or not. And we know that they're behind Agenda 2030 or they wouldn't be throwing so much money to push it. Yeah. Okay? So... According to 2 Peter chapter 3, there's a verse that says, One day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. We've talked about that before. So if we took that as a prophetic formula, and let's just say a day is a thousand years. So Jesus Christ was crucified in A.D. 33. He was 33 years old when he died. Did you know he was that young? Yes. Right, probably because we talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good, so we're learning. So 33 years old when he died, so 2,000 years later would be 2033, right? Yes. If we're using the same calendar and the same, you know, whatever. It's just, again, all speculation, but we're just using this to draw out a point. So two days, 2,000 years, right? <clears throat> so that would mean two days will be fulfilled in the year 2033, now, remember, we're talking about Agenda 2030, three years before 2033. So let's just pretend that Jesus might come back in 2033. We have no idea that he will. But we have a verse of Scripture that hints at it, and it's in Hosea chapter 6. 
We've talked about this before, but this is for the sake of listeners who may have never tuned in before. We know that after they crucified Jesus in Hosea 5, he said, I'll go and return to my place till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. Mm -hmm. And when they do, they answer in verse 1, come and let us return unto the Lord. We're talking about the nation Israel. For he hath torn and he will heal us. He hath smitten and he will bind us up. After two days will he revive us. And in the third day he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. And on and on. So it's like he's going to restore us as a nation in the third day. The third thousand year period. Yeah. Right? So when the Lord comes back, it starts the day of the Lord. The thousand year reign of Christ. So if it's been 2,000 years almost since Jesus died, and if he were to come back in 2033, that would be the end of two days and the beginning of the third day from this prophecy. So that would mean that Agenda 2030, if that year coincides with the second coming of Jesus Christ, would be the middle of the seven years. Yes. If he comes back in 2033, then the middle of the seven years would be 2030, and the beginning would be somewhere back in 2026, 2027, right around that area. So that would mean the rapture would have to take place by probably the year 2027. So I think it's a possible. I don't know it. I wouldn't put money on it. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't bet on it, but mm -hmm. I'm just saying it's a possibility. I think there's a reason they call it Agenda 2030. Okay. And I think it's tied to what Satan's wanting to do. He probably knows something about that. And if he's thinking like I am, as Christ is going to come back in two days, you know, he's smart cookie. He's evil. Yeah. But he's smarter than me, so maybe he knows and he's going to plan to have his guy on the scene declaring himself to be God in the middle of the week, somewhere around 2029, 2030, right? Yeah. Something to think about. That is something to think about. <laughs> so the best thing we can encourage you to do is to know Jesus, have a relationship with him, because you don't want to be on the losing side of that battle. Nope. And I, whether he comes back in 2033, whether the rapture happens in 2027, we don't know for sure. Mm -hmm. But one thing I do know is you're not guaranteed another breath or another heartbeat for that matter. So I would make sure you have a relationship with the Lord before it's too late. And I hope you will. Yes. And I thank you for listening. Yeah. Thank you guys for always for coming back every week and hanging out with us. Yeah. Please like, share, and subscribe. We do appreciate your comments, so please leave them down below of anything that you would like us to talk about. Like, I'm interested in knowing if Satan, who Satan first murdered. Yeah. Could it have been an angel? Yeah. That's that would be that. quite an interesting podcast. Yeah. As well as um, let us know something that you would like us to talk about, and then... Leave a comment down below for something new you've learned. Absolutely. And don't forget, you can reach our website is utbnow.com. You can find out about the podcast, about our videos on YouTube if you're not already watching this. Uh, you can donate through PayPal at utbnow.com. And thank you to all of those who have done so. And write me, unlockthebiblenow at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And just like Zena said, you might have a great idea for an episode. So we listen. Yes. So till next week, I hope you stay safe and have a great week. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Bible Mysteries and share it with a friend. If you want to learn more, 
You can go to Unlock the Bible Now. That's utbnow.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast. You can even gift a subscription to a friend. That's right. Remember, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to join and help us expose the satanic global elite, or make a tax-deductible donation at utbnow.com. We need your help to fight the global censorship of the truth. Thanks for your support.